Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 175, The Many Faces of the Victorious Christian Life. This is one of those episodes that I truly wish I could see your faces. I would love to have a give and take on this particular topic, and I would love to hear your stories. But that's not how podcasts work. So the best thing I can think of, the compromise that I can think of, is to jump in our Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus Facebook group, and I'm going to post our weekly assignment feature, which is telling you that before I even jump into the content this week. Look for the many faces of the victorious Christian life around you this week. And on that post, I'm asking you to give us some of the examples of what you see. As a counselor, one of the main tools that we use is to help people reframe a situation. I have mentioned this before on this podcast. When we finish today's podcast, I want you to at least be challenged to reframe the idea of what victory looks like. So the question that I would love to be asking you and you interacting with me at this moment is tell me, What does victory look like? Give me some pictures of what victory looks like. I was a high school athlete, and I was privileged to experience victory on the basketball court. And I was also, and I hate to use the word privilege, but it's the truth, privileged to experience defeat on more than one occasion. So, as an athlete, victory traditionally looks like the people who are cutting down the nets at the tournament. Or it may be the World Series champions. Or it may be the Olympian who gets to have the medal and you see them putting it between their teeth in a symbolic way. Those are earthly victories. And the amount of time and effort that can be put into those earthly victories is staggering. Just think about Michael Phelps, the Olympian, the multi-time Olympian. Can you just fathom how many hours, 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 hours And the amount of strength and practice that has gone into each of his swimming victories. And so we can get, and I don't think it's just an American culture. I think it's worldwide. I think there are those faces of victory. And you see that as what victory looks like. It's similar to the whole idea of what success looks like. To some people, or honestly, to the majority of people, sadly, if you say define success, 
they're going to say words such as power, such as money, such as prestige, such as fame. And in the Christian life, success looks very, very different. And I propose to you that so does victory. So we're going to read through six verses in 2 Samuel 8, just as our jumping off point. I've talked to you all about this from the beginning of the podcast. I do not intend this podcast to be an in-depth Bible study. That is something that I want you to do on your own. I want you to dig either into these scriptures or the ones that you are reading as part of your Bible study time. And I want you to deep dive in there, to look up words, to spend time meditating. What I'm doing is just trying to encourage you to get into God's Word and to get God's Word into you. We've been walking our way through, most recently, 2 Samuel and the life of David. And David, such the unique and multi-layered character in Scripture. And we spent the last few weeks talking about David's ambition to build a temple for the Lord and the fact that the Lord says, no, that's not going to be yours to do. That's going to be in the hands of one of your sons, but I'm going to build a dynasty for you. I am going to keep your kingdom alive. And we've talked about the fact that Jesus was to come through that lineage. And then in chapter 8, we look at this very short section about David's military victory. So let's let's jump into this with the focus being on the final verse, that being verse 6. After this, David defeated and subdued the Philistines. So the Philistines were the arch enemies of Israel at that time, and they were big dudes. As in the Philistines, that's what Goliath, of David and Goliath, he was a Philistine, and he was not the only monster-sized dude. I mean, they were just big and evil. They were a mighty army. And the fact that we start out with this after this David defeated and subdued the Philistines by conquering Gath, their largest town. That is giving an idea of just what God is doing in and through David at this point of his life, in this season of his life. Verse 2, David also conquered the land of Moab. Thinking about it, and I'm just stopping for a moment. Who is the most famous person to come out of Moab? For those of you who've been with us for, I guess it's probably been a year, when we were going through the book of Ruth. Ruth is the Moabitess. And how does Ruth fit into this story? Well, Ruth married Boaz, and they had a child. And David is part of Ruth's lineage. So David has some Moabite blood, even though he is considered an Israelite, and he is primarily, but Ruth was in his ancestry, and so he has some Moab blood in him. It says he made the people lie down on the ground in a row and measured them off in groups with the length of rope. He measured off two groups to be executed for every one group to be spared. The Moabites who were spared became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. 
David also destroyed the forces of Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah, when Hadadezer marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River. David also David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. He crippled all the chariot horses except enough for a 100 chariots. When the Arameans from Damascus arrived to help King Hadadezer, David killed 20,000 of them. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital, and the Arameans became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. Here's the key verse, key section of the verse. So the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. And in the ESV it says, and the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. That is what we as human beings so often see as victory. And it was. It was a form of victory in the fact that God was with David and God was with the Israelites at this point in history and he was making them victorious because he went before them. He went alongside them. He he encouraged them. He gave them courage. But as I read that over and over and over, I just was struck by the fact that some of the most victorious lives ever never stood on top of a pedestal receiving a medal. They didn't defeat an enemy army. They didn't win the race. They didn't win the physical fight. And it really started me thinking about what does victory look like when it comes to Christ followers. We know that victory can look like an Olympian standing up on the top of the podium receiving a medal because there are Christ followers who God places in those type of positions for them to point to the Lord. How many times have you seen athletes who have won the Super Bowl or they have won an Olympic race or whatever it may be and they have pointed to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we thank God for them. But that is not the victory that we are supposed to spend the most energy and time looking toward. I was thinking about verses in Scripture that talk about victory. And I want to point out specifically 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, But thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. What was the greatest victory of all time? You know the answer. And it was not an Olympic event. It was not a Super Bowl 
it was not a football match in another country, even though soccer, as we call it from an American standpoint, is a huge deal for so many countries. The greatest victory ever was won on the cross in the victory over sin and death. And if you are a Christ follower and you have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside you, you have the capacity to experience victory. Not every four years when your race comes up in the Olympics, but each moment of each day. You have the capability in you to lead a victorious Christian life. To lead a life that is an example of what victory over sin and death would look like. As I ask you this week to look for the many faces of the victorious Christian life around you, I'm asking you to start right now. Who are those people around you that if you could give them a gold medal for living victoriously for Christ, who would you hand that medal to? It may be your pastor. It may be someone that has the call to be a professional clergy that preaches to many. But I would bet that the chances are really good that the majority of your medals would be handed out to the mother whose child died and although her heart was broken to pieces she has honored God every step of the way and everyone she encounters sees the power of the Holy Spirit living in and through her. Or maybe it's the person who has a physical disability and everything for them is a challenge. And yet you see the love of Christ. You see the power of Christ you see true victory in and through them each and every day. It's not that God cannot use people who are really smart that win all sorts of medals because they're brilliant or someone who is built and wins Olympic medals or wins titles. God can use anyone. But as scripture says, God so often chooses the weak 
Because in our weakness, His strength is so brilliantly shown. I might have mentioned this before, but it comes back so often to me. A particular speaker that I heard speak a few years ago, and while I'm pulling this up because I wasn't planning to do this, wasn't even planning to think through this, but God, as I start talking, God brings different people to life and just into my mind. And so many years ago, I heard an inspirational speaker maybe more than once. Right now I'm on his website. His name's David Ring. And I'm going to read a little bit of his website information. If you haven't heard of him, you can go to davidring.org and I will put that information in the show notes. But it says Born to Lose. Hailed by many as one of the most inspirational and motivational preachers of our time, you will never hear a speaker like David Ring for almost 50 years. Despite all odds, David has been passionately sharing the gospel of Christ to audiences all over the world. His incredible testimony of strength, courage, and faith leaves listeners of all ages inspired and hungry to fulfill God's calling on their lives. Born dead for 18 minutes, he literally has a book that is entitled The Boy Born Dead. Born dead for 18 minutes, David developed cerebral palsy and inherited a world of excruciating pain, physical struggles, and constant public humiliation. Orphaned at age 14, David was cast about from family to family with nowhere to call home. Yet in the face of these seemingly insurmountable obstacles, David emerged victorious and not a victim. Life was worse than hopeless. To him until he encountered Jesus Christ who pulled him out of the pit of depression, suicidal thoughts, and taught him self-respect and acceptance of his physical challenges. And it goes on to share more about that. And hearing him speak all those years ago, that was probably 30 years ago, just sitting here right now just thinking about it. It just seeing somebody with so many challenges. And I remember this one line when he was talking. He's listing off all the challenges that he had experienced. And then he looks at the audience and he says, so what's your excuse? And all these years later, that still rings in my mind and in my heart because he is leading a victorious life, a victorious ministry where he has been able to share the gospel since 1973. He's been able to share the gospel with over a hundred thousand people. That is what victory in the Christian life looks like. You can go to Nick Buchik's and and look at his information. I'll put a link to that. I've mentioned him before. I mention him quite often. He's the young man that has no arms and has only one small foot. 
and he has preached across the globe. And God has used him in miraculous ways. That's a face of the victorious Christian life. Who do you know that is a face of victory in Jesus? Is it your grandma who's persevered and prayed and stood for generations for the gospel of Christ? Is it your neighbor? Is it your best friend? Is it the person that drove you crazy for years because you didn't want to hear about Christ and yet they persistently kept sharing the love of Jesus with you? The many faces of victory in the Christian life. I would love for you to jump into the Facebook group and give us some of those pictures. Just imagine how inspiring it could be to others to see those stories and to be reminded that we may not all have opportunities such as King David to lead a victorious army for to be placed in the biblical record for all Christians to celebrate. We may be one that God calls into the bush of Africa. And the only ones who see our victorious Christian life are the ones who ridicule us for speaking the name of Jesus. And yet God uses that witness to point them to Christ. Some victories are celebrated. Some victories in in faith are even celebrated by the world. But that's such a rarity. When it's all said and done, the only one that I want to receive a standing ovation from is the one who stands at the right hand of God. That is the only standing ovation that would matter. As you look at your life, what is hindering you from being one of the faces of a victorious Christian life? Is it a sinful habit that you just refuse to hand over? Is it a relationship that you just don't think you could live without? It may be just faulty thinking. Thinking that you can never amount to much. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you have a purpose for today's podcast. It's taken a lot of effort just to fight through to get to the broadcast time. So I know that you are at work. 
I pray, dear God, for each person within the sound of my voice, I pray, dear God, that you would cast a vision for them, that you would remind them that the same spirit that lives in those that they see as faces of the victorious Christian life is the same Holy Spirit that lives in them. And dear God, you want more than anything to live out victory in them each and every day. You want to see them point to your son. You want to see them have victory over sin and death. You want to see them see victory in the daily struggles of life. You want to see them be all you created them to be. Please, dear Father, show them. If there's any faulty thinking in their minds, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would make that clear to them. I pray, dear God, that you would point them this very moment to the areas of their life that are not pleasing to you, that are standing in the way of them standing in victory. And I pray, dear Father, that your will, purpose, and plan will be done in and through them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. A couple of announcements. So, this week I launched my Instagram account. I've had it for months, and I've been posting Bible verses, but it just hadn't clicked the go live button. So I did that earlier this week. The link is in the show notes. It's Instagram.com forward slash, you can guess this, encouraging others in loving Jesus. That would be the new Instagram account. You know, podcasts, uh, podcast number 200, it may be half a year away, but I have a launch that I plan to make happen at that time. And so I'm putting some things into place right now to give the podcast listeners kind of some special content as we move forward. So if you'd lift up a prayer for me as I try to determine exactly what to make available and exactly how, I kind of think I know but I want to make sure that it's exactly what uh, God is truly opening doors for me to do. So if you will pray about that when it comes to the podcast episodes. So a lot of them you can get on different podcast platforms such as Overcast, such as Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or even Amazon Podcast. I mean, there's just so many different Stitcher. But there are some of them that you can only get on my Podbean site. The first, the hidden episodes is what I call it. So that link is down in the show notes. You can go down there and check that out. And, oh, and this is free to share. Who do you know that needs some encouragement to live a victorious Christian life? To realize that not all spiritual victories make it to the podiums of life, that many spiritual victories are won in the trenches. I would love for you to share this with your friends and family. You can zip it to them in Facebook Messenger. You can zip it in a text. You can 
send it in whatever way that you communicate and just say, hey, I think this would be good for you to check out. And pray. Pray as you send it that God will move. I am going to put links to David Ring Ministries as well as Nick's Vucic's uh, in the show notes. And again, the Facebook group would love for you to join us in there and give us some pictures. Tell us, tell us about some of those faces of the victorious Christian life that you are seeing now, or maybe those that you've seen in the past who've already gone to glory. One of my favorite people went to meet Jesus this last week. I can't fathom that I would be talking to you this very moment about Jesus if it were not for the witness of that person. So many of those who have lived that life have gone on to be with the Lord. But if we still have breath in our lungs, we have opportunity to show what victory in Jesus looks like to the world and to point others to Christ. May we be faithful until the Lord takes us home. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>